Hello, and welcome to the Cosmic Cauldron with host Jamie and Charlotte, where we discuss spirituality, paganism, witchcraft, holistic lifestyles, and everything in between. So gather around the cauldron every Wednesday, where we brew up a new topic. Hello, and welcome back to the Cosmic Cauldron. I'm Jamie. And I'm Charlotte. And we are back this week with episode 39. Now, this week's episode is going to be a very fun look at what makes a witch. This was actually requested by one of our listeners, and the question was, when can I call myself a witch? And Jamie and I thought that this was such a good question that we should make this into an entire episode so we can cover it. This will be a bit more conversational because we would like to point out that there isn't a certain time. There is no one time for when you can call yourself a witch. But, you know, we wanted to get into the discussion of some of what makes a person a witch and when and why they should feel comfortable calling themselves that. Absolutely, because I think there's a lot of a lot of talk and a lot of uh, taboo really around, you know, calling oneself a witch, you know, feeling like you have to do a certain thing or be a certain thing or look a certain way to be a witch. And so I think we just want to clear the air with some of our experiences and uh, our opinions, because that's what this is. All of it is purely opinion. (laughs) None of this is factual because there is no textbook for how to be a witch. No, no. And I feel like we sort of touched on this in our last episode. And by the way, guys, we have fixed the audio and we have run multiple tests for this one. So this uh, back up to our standards and we apologize for that. But we touched a little bit on social media and witch talk and, you know, people stating that this is like the only way to practice. And we also briefly touched on imposter syndrome. And I believe these two sort of go hand in hand because you get a lot of gatekeeping. Like if you don't do this, you're not a witch. And I just wanted to reaffirm for you that that is still gatekeeping. It is. And I think it's important to note here that in my opinion, the most beautiful thing about being a witch is that there is no mold for what that means and what that looks like. It's just you and your practices and the way that you work with, with nature and yourself and, and energy that creates the witch that you are. So yeah, let's let's dig right into you know, what that looks like, the different types of practices, you know, what, and then we can even talk about like some of the differences between you and I and, and the ways that we consider ourselves a witch. Yes, absolutely. Now for starters, Wicca is a tradition of witchcraft and this came about through Gerald Gardner and there are specific ways to practice Wicca. Whereas witchcraft in itself, there are so many varying types. So Wicca itself is 
more of one tradition. And then you have paganism. Well, paganism sort of houses everything. Pagan is the umbrella term, and it really was put into place just to state that these particular people did not worship the gods of the Abrahamic religions. And then you have witchcraft. And like I stated before, this covers several different traditions, but there are people who consider themselves witches who wouldn't consider themselves pagan or Wiccan. And, you know, of the same token, there are people who consider witchcraft to be a religion. So with this in mind, Jamie, what would your definition of being a witch be? So I think for me, being a witch constitutes more of a lifestyle than like a a tradition or a religion. I think maybe a better way to put it, because there's still a lot of tradition involved. And so for me, it's about how I live my my daily life. You know, I, I don't adhere to anything like Wicca, where I have to do these like hard rituals and, um, you know, have all these different tools and things I have to do on certain days and certain times. Like I am not about that. I don't have time for that. I don't like to adhere to strict rules. If, if, if anybody has been listening to this podcast long enough, you know that I am a rebellious Aquarius. And so <laughs> I like to do things to the beat of my own drum. So for me, well, let me back up and say that calling myself a, a witch, quote unquote, is something pretty new for me, really just within this last like year, like 12, 12 months, really, because it was about a year ago that I really came to start healing my own witch wound and understanding that the way that I live my life, the, my perspective on life and the way I do things really could be considered a witch. So started digging deeper into that and honoring that and and realizing that a lot of the things I had done my whole life, I guess, could be really considered uh, witchcraft, I guess you could say. You see, I've always been very intuitive. I've always been drawn to things of nature, in and of nature. Now, that alone, I wouldn't say constitutes being a witch. But After a while, I think I started to notice the culmination of many different things, you know, um, intuition, being able to, to see and, and perceive things in a different way than other people around me to the point where I often felt kind of isolated as a child, you know, not understanding why people like were doing the things they were doing or not seeing things the way I was seeing them. And always just sort of noticing my the difference between me and everyone else, that I preferred to spend time in nature and crafting and uh, just doing witch-like type things and activities that I now realize are witch-like <laughs> didn't then, you know, my affinity for collecting things in nature, you know, my my love of crystals and rocks that started as a child, actually with my grandparents. They used to 
go um, gem mining, rock mining all the time. Their house was covered in different rocks and things. And my grandmother, um, both my pop and my gram would, would make jewelry um, out of stones. They did wire wrapping and things, which I did not even realize or put two and two together until I started my own crystal business years ago (laughs) and realized that this was kind of in my blood. Now, granted, my grandmother does not consider herself a witch. Far, far, far from that. Um, So even though that was sort of passed down, I guess I took a different (laughs) spin on it than she did. She just thought they were pretty and she wanted to wear pretty things. Uh, yes, that, that's what drew me to them in the first place. I was really young too. I actually have my father's that he would go around and collect these like weren't purchased. Most of mine have been purchased or I do have a few pieces that I've just found and those are particularly special, but I I do have many that I've seen and I'm like, oh, you have to come home with me. Right. And I I don't remember exactly, like, obviously I was already predisposed to it, but it was sometime around 2013, 2014, when I must have read something about the metaphysical qualities of crystals somewhere that really just sucked me right in. (laughs) And I was like, ooh, I can feel that. I can sense that. This makes sense to me. So I started digging my feet in. But well before even that, Going back to when I was a child, I had a friend and she, she was from Louisiana, um, is from Louisiana. Her family is from Louisiana. She still has family in Louisiana. And so there was a lot of tradition there within her family, the women in her family on her mom's side. And there was a lot of tarot reading. There was a lot of, um, which which type things going on, which I don't even know necessarily that they called it that. But she her her grandmother for sure, who I believe is still alive. So I'm going to be careful with what I say here because well, that's a long story. But um definitely, definitely the epitome of like Louisiana Swamp Witch. Okay. So we started dabbling because my friend and I, of course, were teenagers, we're curious, you know, we're like oh, we have this thing going on in our lives that we're not really fond of. How can we change that? And I didn't know anything about magic or spells or spellcrafting or anything like that. I believe the idea must have came from her. And she was like, why don't we do a spell? And I was like, this sounds great. So even at like, I think we were like 14 or 15, you know, here I was doing spell work, which didn't turn out quite like I wanted it to. I've told this story um, on another episode. (laughs) So I won't go into the full story here. However, um, I also did not think about that until later in life that I just was always finding myself in these experiences and in these moments to the point where I'm like, okay, obviously I have been drawn to these sorts of things my entire life. Now that it may not be that way for everyone. Um, and I definitely spent many, many years in the Christian church in that environment. Um, so I kind of had both ends of the spectrum there, (laughs) which is, I think 
I think made me, it was a very well-rounded experience. It gave me the view from all sides. And ultimately, uh, in 2014, I chose consciously to start exploring the unexplained, the mysterious. And that is what really started rooting me into having like, for lack of a better way to put this, I know it's cliche, but a spiritual awakening of sorts where I didn't even call myself a witch at that point, but learning how to manipulate energies, learning how to work with crystals, you know, learning how to, um, use energies to to heal and to make things happen around me to influence things and so it wasn't until you and I really started talking a lot last year that I realized I'm a freaking witch <laughs> and I've been a witch I've been doing these things <laughs> I and so it was more of a yeah it was I I do too and it it was just a very like enlightening moment for me um realizing that I had, I had been this thing all along and I just didn't know it. So it was a slow build for me rather than, uh, like a deep dive or something. I kind of knew my entire life consciously. So for me, long story short, being a witch means being drawn to the esoteric things, you know, metaphysical things, the supernatural things you know the mysterious the unexplained right because that's where the magic is is those are the things that are taboo and and criminalized today um maybe not criminalized that's not the right word what am i looking for demonized that are demonized today yeah they were definitely criminalized in the past well, they were definitely criminalized in the past. And I think I've always kind of, because I'm so rebellious, always been drawn to sort of learning about those things that people don't like, I guess. Because <laughs> I'm like, hmm, you said I can't do what? Let me, let me look into <laughs> that, you know? Um, and that probably pulls directly from that predisposition, uh, uh, you know, of it, being a witch and feeling like a witch that is probably passed down through generations and is very ancestral, I feel like in nature. And, and again, goes back to kind of healing that, that witch wound, you know, uh, our ancestors that considered themselves, well, they didn't call themselves witches. We call them witches now, but they were just women who knew how to use things from the earth knew how to manipulate things in a way that could help and could heal and could um, and just do things around them in a way that other people couldn't explain. And so working with that energy of understanding that being a witch is not what I thought it was, <laughs> you know, broomsticks and wide brimmed hats and warty noses and, uh, you know, devil Listen. and... I still love my hats. Don't take my hats away from me. <laughs> I, I do love the hats too. It's when they're all together in the one. Like actually, uh, my fiance just brought home a decoration from Walmart this morning of a witch. And it is like an older lady with like this big warty nose. And I'm just like, oh, like I like it. But it's like, oh man, like why do they got to do that? That's not. <sighs> it's going to be me in my, my crone phase. 
<laughs> I'm just like, why are they always so ugly? Because I feel like a lot of, and we're going to be talking more about this in a couple of episodes, but I feel like back in the day that these women that we now call witches were probably actually all very sexy and very beautiful. And maybe because of that now, they try to portray them as ugly because they don't want anybody to really want to be a witch. And by they, I mean people who don't like witches. Um, that's just my theory. Well, yeah, I think the the tides are sort of changing on that because now you have social media like we covered in the last episode. And you're seeing that what makes a witch is entirely different uh, I know myself, I don't look like, you know, I don't really have a dark aesthetic. I mean, I have dark hair, but, and I do wear black, but like, I'm not the, that's not the only color I wear. We, we're really getting a clearer picture that being a witch means something different to everybody. You know, there, there's Absolutely. not one, yeah, yeah, there's not one mold, you know, there's not one size fits all. I know for me, I've called myself a witch most recently within the past five years, but I definitely got into it uh, back in the 1990s. And of course, I started with Wicca because that's where the information was, you know, when I was going to my bookstores or my libraries, like, you know, housed right next to the New Age section was a bunch of Wiccan literature. But being real comfortable and calling myself a witch has only been like the last five years. I was always a pagan and like people would realize this, you know, without me, you know, overtly telling them because I'd be like, well, I believe in energy or I believe in the universe. Like I would give them a roundabout explanation. Like, no, I'm not following the Abrahamic religions. I never have. Um, but, you know, I, I believe in something that is not easily defined. And for me, being a witch is somebody who realizes the energy in things. Somebody who realizes the energy that crystals hold or the energy that herbs hold and the energy that we ourselves hold. So I think, you know, sort of that transition period to when you call yourself a witch is when are you comfortable stepping into your power, you know, sort of taking back and taking the reins, you know, now, the the listener who brought this episode to our attention had stumbled upon an article, and this article had a lot more of a rigid definition, like you wouldn't call yourself a witch if, or you wouldn't call yourself a cook, or, or some other um, metaphor uh, that basically, you know, probably likely invalidated their feelings because, you know, you're setting up this boundary that, you know, or this block that somebody has to cross in order to call themselves a witch. And that's not true. That's not true. Maybe it's true for them. And it, that, you know, if that's what they want to believe, you know, more power to them. But personally, I believe that if you feel connected to the earth, if you feel drawn to these things, and if you feel the energy and the power around you, and you start working with that energy and that power, you're a witch. Like, to me, it's just sort of that simple. 
Yeah, actually, I'm really, I'm really glad that you, you put it that way because I'm not really good at summarizing things. I can be very long winded, but I'd say that's the short version of what I meant is understanding, you know, your own personal power, the magic within you. Um, When that clicked for me, you know, is when I really started to step away from Christianity, you know, is when I stopped believing that God or this power was outside of me, but it was inside of me and that I could then control my own reality and my own destiny by using that inner power in a responsible way. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I love that. And it's, and, and you spoke a little bit to like animism there too, is understanding that, that everything has an energy. Everything has its own aura and its own, I mean, so I even venture to say personality, you know, when mm-hmm. I was working with crystals a lot, when I was running my store, <laughs> some of these little stones, oh my gosh, they all had little different personalities, which probably sounds batshit crazy to someone who can't feel that. (laughs) But if you know, you know. (laughs) I am sure, you know, maybe if somebody is just listening to us out of curiosity and thinks that we're full of crap, I'm sure they feel that way. But it's really developing those sensitivities to that energy. And, you know, as far as calling yourself a witch, well, what do you feel like? And I... I wanted to take this episode also to talk about imposter syndrome, because I think that sort of, you know, we touched on it, we've touched on it in our previous episode, you know, with social media and such. But I think that sort of sets a, um, a barrier there for people being, you know, feeling comfortable calling themselves a witch. And I have it too. Uh, you know, this is, this isn't something that spared me, uh, I, I will question myself too. And so, you know, the way I sort of balance that out is like, we all have our own ways of doing things. And just because my way is different or your way is different doesn't make it, you know, any less valid. So I always want to, yeah, I always want to express that, you know, your path will be individual to you and based on your life experiences, your culture, and, you know, just this... Everything, everything that has happened and you know, created you, you know, you know, molded you into the person that you are. This is all going to lend a hand, you know, into your practice, you know, what you're drawn to, what you, what you really find works for you. Yeah, this makes me think of my, uh, my outfit yesterday. I was like, man, I don't have like any clean clothes. So I was opening all my drawers and I was like, okay, I have my black velvet leggings and my tie-dyed long sleeve hooded t-shirt. I'm like, well, <laughs> we're going to get both sides of Jamie's personality today. <laughs> going to get hippie witch. <laughs> the hippie witch. That, that is really how I describe myself. And speaking to that imposter syndrome is that for me, because I don't always necessarily subscribe to that, you know, black cauldron You know, I am very much dark and moody most of the time, especially this time of year with my Scorpio rising. But 
Um, I have a lot of this, this, this hippie nature of me, this hippie energy that comes out. That's just who I am. And, um, in sitting with that and being comfortable with that and say, being able to say I'm a witch when I'm wearing tie dye and, and, <laughs> uh, and I'm, and I'm saying peace out at the end of our episodes and all these things. I'm not, I'm not your typical, you know, witch type, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's okay because that makes me, me. And yes. as I re-solidify my like presence online now um especially like on my Instagram account I do struggle a bit to find my particular brand of witch because I'm still kind of learning who I am and what it is that I like and how I want to be known in the world uh but you don't have to have it all figured out is the thing you don't need to know. You don't have to have a certain aesthetic. You don't have to look a certain way <laughs> or wear certain colors. You know, like Charlotte wears a lot of different colors. I wear a lot of black and green and then sometimes also tie-dye. <laughs> I am a... I dress down a lot of the times. You'll mostly find me in like leggings, maybe a pair of jeans and a t-shirt. It's... Mm-hmm. Very simple. We um, just got back from a trip last week and one, one of the days, like I dressed in this long sleeve dress and it's, it's chiffon and kind of tiered, but I also wore my Doc Martens and my hair was, <laughs> you know, just curly. And Leah was like, you look like a witch. I was like, well, what a coincidence. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, but I, I, I don't typically though, you know, I'm, I've got a very relaxed, uh, approach to my style and my practice. Yes. Um, as much as I would love to quote unquote, look like a witch all the time, because I love that vibe. There's oh, yeah. <laughs> certain reasons why I can't one being that I am a mom of you know, a teenager and a preteen and they play sports and I work during the day. And so most of the time I just look like a soccer mom. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, there are things that I try to do to play up to that by wearing my, my jewelry, my crystal jewelry or, or my um, tarot t-shirt and things like that. But some days I'm just in yeah, like leggings and an athletic top, you know, and being okay with that, you know, is something that I've actually had to work on. Um, Letting my witch nature come through in my personality and how I approach life and how I deal with people shine through more than necessarily what I look like, I think is is more important. Yeah. I mean, Especially, you know, I know I don't want to bleed too much into the previous episode, but, you know, where you're seeing things on social media or visually a lot more now, um, you know, it's people, people who get further are ones who, who match this aesthetic or, and by get further, I mean, reach more people. So then you're sort of getting this like one-sided view of what it actually means. And that's not it, you know? Yeah, that works for them. That's great. I'm glad, you know, that. 
they're there and I freaking love the aesthetic. So keep doing what you're doing. But that's not going to be everybody. There's some personalities, yes, on on social media, especially Instagram, that really do push, push hardcore um, the aesthetic. And yes, in general, it makes their content more beautiful, which makes it rank higher. And it can sort of make you feel like, well, I'm never going to be able to quite reach that. But this is why I think it's important to play up to your personality. If you don't have the time, money, resources to, <laughs> to create content like they're doing, then play up to your strengths that you have, you know, who you are, what makes you uniquely you, the way you approach life and and magic and being a witch is what's going to shine through. So you've got to play up to that. And that's what I'm trying to work on because I don't necessarily have a beautiful aesthetic life. You know, I, I live in a 40 year old home that needs a lot of work, <laughs> you know, um, my wardrobe is is mostly hoodies and leggings this time of year or jean shorts and a t-shirt. You know, we live in Florida, so we don't we don't look like the, you know, fall New York style witch down here. <laughs> you know, as beautiful as it is, uh it's not very practical. No, no. And actually I did not. I I would have loved to have seen more more witches over in New York. Um I did not. I did not. But I probably was the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that outfit. I hope you got a picture. I I think I have maybe one somewhere, but it was it wasn't exactly what I was going for, but I didn't hate it. So <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can post that to the stories. I'm sure everyone's going to want to see just like me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I will dig one out. See if I got a full body pig. Um, but, you know, speaking to the imposter syndrome, like, you know, we did touch on online, but like I was saying, that's not like the primary focus here. It's just a lot of where our information comes from these days. Of course, there's books and, you know, there's ways uh, <clears throat> there's books, but, you know, a lot of our information is found right in the Googles. So, <laughs> You know, you're, you're getting sometimes a one-sided explanation of what it takes. And a lot of it's going to be conflicting explanations. What you have to do is take that information and find out what resonates for you. There's a phrase that we throw out here a lot, and that's take what works for you and leave the rest. And it's, it's sort of, it's the commonality, I believe, between me and Jamie's practice, one of them. And it's just we believe in individuality and a lot of practice, a lot of witchcraft is solitary practitioners. So it is going to be an individual practice an individual pursuit. It takes, you know, getting down to you. A lot of witchcraft is, you know, shadow work too, and really getting to that core of you and self-improvement is a big, there's a big emphasis on this. And, you know, it's just, becoming the person you want to be. And the same applies with building your practice and calling yourself a witch. Yeah. And I think really the world needs more of that. Um, you know, these, these things that we talk about, these, these personalities online are always going to exist. 
But like you mentioned in the beginning of the episode, the ties are beginning to turn and the term witch is becoming a lot more accepted now. And when I speak to people about it now, I don't get this like, you know, like confused, like, or scared (laughs) stare Uh necessarily from people anymore. Um, And so, yeah, the world needs more people, more witches to just own who they are and to break that stereotype. Uh, yes. Over time, and this is how we collectively heal that witch wound, and and make the world understand that we are just we're healers, you know, we're peacemakers, we're um, bringers of change, you know, we are the ones who hold the energy and the stories of our ancestors, and 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 carry that over to the next generations. We're the the keepers of of Mother Earth you know, the stewards of mother earth, making sure that she is taken care of. And it is so freaking important, you know, that we do that and that people see the beauty in that and that they, they honor that in the way that we are. Yeah. What, what it does for a person to have the confidence to say they're a witch and among many witches we're creating representation for all of us, you know, not just one person, not just one culture. And everything will be individual. So just sort of bringing that representation helps because, you know, maybe your practice doesn't look like mine, but it looks like your own. And we need that. We need to destigmatize this phrase. So, yeah. you know, having the having that power to stand up and say, I'm a witch. Yeah, we need that. We need that. You know, we need you. Yeah, absolutely. Uniquely you. Not trying to be like (laughs) witchy Wendy (laughs) or (laughs) supernatural Susie, you know. Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah. Be your your individual self. Bring your gifts to the world um, in the way that feels good for you. Yeah. So in short, really what makes someone a witch is understanding and owning your own personal power, your own personal magic, and understanding that you can make a difference in the world and that you have come here for a specific reason, a specific way that you can make sure that our stories stay alive. You know, our earth is, is taken care of for us and for future generations and hopefully creating some positive ripples of change while you're here because being a witch is, is about making life better for you and for everyone around you. It's, it's making life more beautiful than it was before. Yes, because There's the act of being present and, you know, that sort of goes hand in hand with being mindful and being aware. And that's a large part of, of, you know, a practice is connecting with nature and connecting with yourself. So, yeah, you know, take that time to see the beauty in, in everything. I think the goal is always to, to focus on transformation, like Charlotte said, you know, personal growth as you grow, because we're all connected, we all grow in some way. So if we can all focus on 
healing ourselves from the inside out and working with the world around us in a magical way, we're going to leave the world more beautiful than we found it. Yes. I, you know, I think that's a great thing to emphasize too, because while I mentioned that there are, a lot of us are solitary practitioners, I do want to mention that there is a caveat. You will get specific traditions, specific um, practices and paths that do have a very strict um, strategic way to build up in that practice. Like there's initiations and such, or, you know, you would be from a specific culture, you know, in regards to closed practices. Um, Those definitely, yes, there is a definitive answer to when you can call yourself a witch. But by and large, like for the solitary practitioner, we don't have those. Like there's no, we're not taking a test. You know, there's no pass or (laughs) fail here. I've never gotten a pop quiz. Oh, we have plenty of tests. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I have not been officially graded. I would really, I would really like to see, see that information. Um, But yeah, on, on the broader scope, yeah, there are so many tests throughout life and, you know, through, you know, determining if your spells are working, you know, we, we, there's bars there for sure. But for the solitary practitioner, like, you know, advancing in levels is really going to have to come down to internal reflection. Like, where do I think I'm at and where could I improve? So we hope that this inspires you to, to call yourself a witch proudly, confidently, to own that and to make your mark in the world as a witch. Yes, absolutely. Because while a lot of us are solitary practitioners, there is still the collective that we have to think of. So when you stand up and you own your own power, when you step into your power and when you say, hey, I'm a witch, you know, with confidence, it's it's not helping just you. It's helping diversify, you know, this arena and... We need to to make it known that individuality is important. And, you know, a lot of us are following this because we didn't like the dogmatic approach to Christianity. You know, that didn't fit into how we saw the world. So uh, it's it's not like that. Like we don't have official scripture. It's creating your own path and really, really just stepping into probably the person you always were. But, you know reconnecting with that. So until next time, blessed be. Peace out.